Welcome back to another episode of the Leapod. So, Let's go. Great, great day to be in studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. So tonight we're just going to jump right into the biggest losers and winners of the offseason. So, like, we'll just be basing ourselves of who they who they gained, who they lost, different draft picks, all, all that stuff, different transactions. So Ethan will be covering who the three biggest losers were, and I'll be covering the three biggest winners. So... Yeah, I'll jump right in with who I feel is the third biggest loser. Uh, and in my mind, that is the Dallas Mavericks. A uh, couple of reasons for this. The Mavericks had basically lined themselves up this offseason to take a run at one of the veteran point guards who looked to be available. That's Kyle Lowry. That's Chris Paul. Guys who they really felt would push the needle for their team. And by the time all the dust had settled, they had missed out on every big name and were forced to – they re-signed guys like Tim Hardaway, who I don't think that's a bad signing, but they basically are bringing back largely the same team. And this is a team that has made many a first-round exit. So I just feel – I mean, the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting the same result. Uh, when you're a team that has Luka Doncic, one of the premier players in our league – uh, it just is a shame to see them not be able to progress more, uh, make some moves that would make them a surefire contender. Um, luckily, the reason the reason they're not higher up on this list is they did get Luca under a massive contract, I believe. So they have him yeah. locked down for the foreseeable future. When you, when you have someone like that, you're gonna have to give them the most allowed, right? Oh yeah, for sure. But he. Uh, he definitely earns every penny, and every team in the league I'd would say he's pay the most him va- that. He's probably the most valuable player. In, like, if any team could have a player right now, they'd probably I, – I think quite a few would choose Luka. If it was a player to, to build, build around, around for the yeah. future, yeah, you're probably right. But I I don't know. We've seen lots of superstars demand their way out of, uh, out of teams when they're actually under contract still, just demand trades. And the, the, this is, the NBA is a league where the superstars have all the power. So they need to keep Luka happy. He's not given any indications of being unhappy, but this is a team that looks to have not made any steps in the right direction over the offseason. And let's just hope hope they can take some strides and maybe make a few moves when the season actually starts, get a little development from their draft picks. But, yeah, I'm not sure what to think. Yeah. Uh, that's a good good some good points i'm gonna go into my who i think the third biggest winner of this off season was and i went with the miami heat so they lost a couple players but they didn't lose any major players they just lost a couple lower end role players and kendrick nunn goran dragic precious achuya and andre Iguodala. they but they were able to Get Markeith Morris, Kyle Lowry, and PJ Tucker, who will all, I think, fit into their game plan really well. They're all hard workers. Like, everyone knows PJ Tucker is a dog, and I think Miami really respects those type of players. And Kyle Lowry will be the vet beside uh, Jimmy Butler, so Jimmy Butler can kind of relax a bit. 
when he needs to. And Markeith Morris will play his role nicely, and you can't ask anything more from him. They were able to re-sign Jimmy Buckets, Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, and Dwayne Deadman, whoever that is. Oh, but this crazy thing. So Victor Oladipo got offered like an, a massive contract at one point. It was like 80-something million, I want to say, or a little less. But then he turned that down. Now he's on a tiny little contract. That's not Victor Oladipo. No, there was. No, he did. I've seen that, seen that for the that person. That was Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, and also the, Victor Oladipo, though. Trust me. I've seen that online. But uh, it might not have been 80 mil, but it was a lot more than he has now. And huh. But, yeah, I think they overall gain people that will flip fit their game plan. And the people that they lost, I think, I don't think those people matter quite as much as who they gained and were able to resign. So, Very so who's, your, num- who's they, your number two? My number two for worst offseason uh, is the Portland Trailblazers. And one of the reasons is I feel they're under a lot of scrutiny to be making moves because they're on the Dame clock. Everyone, Every team in the league – that has hopes of competing and isn't tanking, has their eyes on Damian Lillard and is hoping they can swoop in and make an offer and get him to be a part of their squad at some point. Uh, So they have the overarching pressure of Damian Lillard. Uh, Having a superstar of that magnitude really should be dictating what you're doing in the offseason. And if you're not taking steps forward, you're taking steps backward. let me read to you a couple names of additions they add, and you uh, they added, and let me you tell me how much you think they'll move the needle. Cody Zeller, Ben McElmore, Tony Snell. Hey, Tony Snell is possibly the best player in basketball right now. He averages fifty-seven percent from three, fifty like two percent from field, and hasn't missed a free throw since like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. We'll just ignore that. He's the king of efficiency. The best player in basketball right now. Possibly. You're gonna lose a lot of a lot of credibility if you keep this up. But they lost they lost Carmelo, they lost Ennis Cantor, Zach Collins. I really feel the names they lost are were more valuable yeah, to them yeah, than the ones they added. Like Carmelo really was becoming quite valuable to them as a third or fourth option. Ennis Cantor, there was large stretches of the season where Yusuf Nurkic was hurt, and Ennis stepped up and was a huge part of that team. So I I just really do not know what they're thinking. They, they signed Norman Powell to a large five-year, $90 million contract, which I think they felt a lot of pressure to do that because they traded Gary Trent for him and they needed something to show for it. But I don't necessarily think that contract's going to age all that well. Uh, and if Norm Powell is your third option, I don't think you're winning a championship. So overall, I think it was an offseason that, if anything, is going to push Damian further out the door. They're lucky they have the most loyal superstar in the whole NBA. And quite frankly, I don't think they deserve him. So I hope he gets out of there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes if he does go. And yeah. We'll keep an eye on that and keep you all updated as as the situation develops. 
Yeah. But I guess we will move on to your number two for best moves by a team in the offseason. Let's hear it. Okay, so this next team, they made one – they made a ton of really good moves. Uh, They also lost – Pro, I consider him the GOAT, but Bald Eagle, whatever, Alex Caruso. Uh, but so the LA Lakers this season, they gained Russell Westbrook, Melo, uh, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Kent and Kendrick Nunn. So, well, yeah, sure, there's like quite a few old people. It's got Malik Monk, at least, but they're, it's pretty clear that they're not going for the future right now. They're going all out right now, which does show when they get rid of two young... Alex Crusoe was near his prime age, but Kyle Kuzma was quite young. Uh, and they so they lost Alex Crusoe, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, and Markeith Morris. See, why I think this is a good move is because they were kind of on the fringe of right now in the future in the future, but they just, I just didn't think they were going to get anything now or the future because neither outweighed the other. So now they have a chance at this year. I, do, I still don't think they're going to win the chip, but it was a good move. It was good moves for them, so I respect that. Yes, the, the Lakers are going to be an interesting team to watch. I really hope they don't win it. I do not like that team at all, and I just hate to see that – Guys will – it just feels rigged that a bunch of players who could make a bit of money on the open market will go sign just to play with LeBron on veteran minimum deals and make the team better than it deserves to be. I don't want them to get rewarded for that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they will. They'll be really tough if they stay healthy. Um, so my top team that I feel had the worst offseason uh, – is the New Orleans Pelicans. And I've got a couple of reasons why. First off, they lost Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, That's a big part of their future. He is a big part of that team. He kind of has gotten a bad rap over the years, but to those who actually watch basketball, they've seen Lonzo develop and blossom into a quintessential point guard. He is just the type of guy you want on your team. He's learned to shoot the ball very efficiently from behind the three-point line and in front of it. His free throws have been pretty shaky over the years, but they've gotten better. Uh, And he also had very good rapport with Zion and Brandon Ingram. And both those guys had publicly stated that they they wanted to see Lonzo remain a part of that team. So that segues into my next point, which similarly to Portland on the Dame clock, uh, the Pelicans are very much so on the Zion clock. Zion has two more years under contract. Sounds something like that. But he is going to be a free agent, and he's going to be able to sort of pick his destiny. And really at this point, why would he stay with Portland? I mean, with the New Orleans Pelicans. What have they done to show him that they're a winning franchise that's going to work towards being a contender? Their management really has not in any way, shape, or form indicated that. And 
if you're Zion's camp, you've got to be pretty worried about that, and you've got to be weighing your options. He's too good of a player to waste his career on oh, a garbage franchise. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Pelicans necessarily are, but we saw what happened with Anthony Davis. They wasted the first however many years yeah. of his career. And, like, you don't want to – like, honestly, Damian Lillard's situation wasn't good. And if he stays with them, then he could be replicating that. So, the, yeah. And that, like, I heard some analysts really talk highly about the move that the Pelicans made to trade Steven Adams in exchange for Jonas Valanciunas. There are a few other moving pieces there, but that was the bulk of it. And I really don't think that's going to move the needle at all. They're talking about that as being a move to space the floor. It's not like Valanciunas is a knockdown three-point shooter. He's about average. If he is is the guy that's going to put you over the edge... I'm pretty sure you would have had to give up a little more than Steven Adams for him. This isn't some blockbuster deal. You traded a center who's bigger and stronger for a center who's got a little more skill and is a little better rebounder. rebounder. I I do feel they got the better of the deal. Don't get me wrong. But uh, to be raving about that, thinking that that's something that's going to keep his eye on in town, the opportunity to play with Jonas Valanciunas, like, uh, that's that's just not going to cut it, in my opinion. But yeah. uh, we'll see. They're bringing in Thomas Sadaransky. They got in the sign-and-trade where they lost Lonzo Ball. So maybe he'll fill Lonzo's shoes and just become an incredible <laughs> player. Maybe. Godspeed, Pelicans. Godspeed. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll get on to my... Uh, biggest winner of the offseason and I had to people who have been keeping up no surprise the Chicago Bulls so sure they lost more people than they gained but they gained Lonzo Ball great young star developing great on both ends and honestly I don't know what he can't do DeMar DeRozan uh, he'll be great lead some of the young guys he does his role He'll knock the bend range down and be a decent defender. Alex Caruso, I, with all honesty, obviously I tease about him being the GOAT, but with all honesty, I do think he's a really good underrated player. Like, my guy, my guy gives 100% effort every time he's on the floor, and I just love to see him go and, yeah, try. Just, like, there's this one play. Uh, a guy misses a shot. He comes flying in with the put-back dunk. It's it's crazy. But like even in the even watching in the playing games, I like watching him next to LeBron. I honestly thought they were quite similar. I don't think LeBron played very good in the playing games, but still, it's just I he's very consistent and yeah. And then Tony Bradley. He's a shooter, right? Tony can shoot it a little bit. Yeah. And stroke the ball. Okay, but here's where they lost. Thaddeus Young, he's a older he's getting older and he's not amazing. Alfaru Kaminu, Tom Thomas Sadramski, Garrett Temple, and Dan Daniel Tyson, a couple draft assets. Like none of those are major. A couple draft assets, which isn't isn't good to lose. Like a 
But other than that, I don't think any of those are going to break the team. I No, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this Bulls team. I uh I really think they're going to be fun team to watch and they have a lot of competition in their conference, but I They did everything they could to become a contender this offseason. And sure, they had to part with a few pieces that had kind of grown near and dear to the fans in Chicago. But they bring in DeMar DeRozan. And they bring in just so so many premier guys. Lonzo Ball. Alex Caruso is not a bad guy to have by any stretch. But I, I think at the very least, regardless of how it turns out, I applaud them for their effort because yeah, definitely. it seems like some teams did not put in the effort to take a shot at something and not ha- bring forth the same squad and experience the same failure. This team tried something, and are they going to win a championship? I really don't think so, but are they going to be improved and probably take a step in the right direction and get some success that continues to develop their fairly young core? I think – that's very possible. So hats off to you, Chicago. Yeah. So are we – and now we're just going to go right into a short little talk about the Raptors. And so they – there was a possible trade, three-team trade. What was it? The Raptors get Ben Simmons. So some Raptors speculation here. Not going to lie. It's probably not very likely, but they're kind of fun to talk about. So – we did hear catch wind of a potential three-team trade uh, from some inside sources. Um, Scott Babcock. Yeah, he told us about it. But uh, So the trade would be between Philadelphia, Toronto, and Portland. And Philadelphia would give up Ben Simmons and receive Pascal Siakam. No, they oh. they receive CJ McCollum. Yeah. And Portland would receive Pascal Siakam, give up CJ, obviously. And we would give up Pascal and receive Ben Simmons in Toronto. Um, if that were to happen, I would be thrilled as much as, as a person, I dislike Ben Simmons. I do think he would be a major asset to any team. Yeah. And I would... I think he, I, if he develops, he'll be so good. Trading Pascal essentially for Ben Simmons, that's about as good as it gets right there. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. I know there's like a lot of attachment to Pascal by Raptors fans, and he's like just such a good guy in the locker room. But a guy with the upside of Ben Simmons is too, too tough to say no to. Yeah, definitely. Because I think Toronto is a place that could definitely develop him. Turn him into what he could be. Get him somewhat decent free throw shooting. Able somewhat on mid-range and occasional, very occasional three-pointer maybe. And keep his defense as good as it is now, his playmaking, and really max out the player he could be. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, the Raptors, though, in general, just as a statement from the off season, watching a little bit of summer league, I think the future's looking bright. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Scotty Barnes is looking like an absolute stud. Precious Achua looking like a very good pickup. 
the Malachi Flynn has been doing really well in there. We just got a lot of guys who play well together and are playing well in general. And yeah, and our future is bright. Future has never been brighter. As as bleak as it was looking for a, a time there, this last year was a rough one for Raptors fans. As injury sort of on injury on injury. Steps back, but you know, I I have total faith in our management team. I I really think I I believe in every decision they make, and they haven't given us a reason not to trust them yet. Masai is a genius. <laughs> we're we're just reaping the benefits. He's, yep. That's that, that was our biggest off-season move. Sure, maybe Scotty Barnes picking him up was huge, but biggest off-season move was re-signing Masai. Yeah. Every team wants that guy and he's sticking with us, which is awesome to see. Yeah. So I think that'll about wrap that episode up. Thank you, Ethan, and uh, thank you for listening to, listening to it, all you viewers. And I'll see you some. I'll see you in the upcoming future.